Hey, welcome to the God Taught Me Radio Show. This is Chris Seinwechter, and I'm here with my main man, Pots and Pans, not from Japan. <laughs> He's from Salem County. I love this brother, TJ Laurie. What's up, TJ? Yo, what's up, Chris? My homie with the Chrome Domey. Hey, how long, I got a question for you. How long do you have to be gone from somewhere until you're not from there anymore? Oh, that's pretty good. I don't know. That's a great question because you're always from there. Right. So, okay. So, but if somebody asks me, hey, where mm. are you from? Do I, you know, now I live in, uh, I live in Beasley's Point in, right. in Upper Township in Cape May County in New Jersey. So like, do I say, oh, I'm from Beasley's Point? Or do I still have to say mm. I'm from Salem County? Because I'm not, I'm no cowboy. Maybe one of our listeners could send the answer yeah, to us. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> info, email info at godtaughtme.com. Or check us out on our Facebook page. Yes, do that too. Because I would say, I don't know. Uh, is there a difference between like where you're from and where you live? There is a difference where you're from and where you I, live. I feel like just... I think where you're from, F-R-O-M, is where you're from. Right. Where, where Salem but County. It always but where falls. you live is from... Is where you live. Where yeah. you live. Yeah, that's it, what I would say. I, I could be I feel like in America, you just get the where you're from. Hey, man, where are you from? Like, uh, what if I lived in California now and I've been in California for 10 years? Am I right. still from New and Jersey? It depends on where you're at, too, and where you're, where you're being asked. Like, say you're out of country right now somebody says where you're from you could say i'm from the united states right oh that's cool i'm from england and then you can narrow it down if you're if you're in texas and you're at a conference and they say where you're from well i'm from new jersey oh i'm from minnesota so then it keeps getting you know and then if you're in new jersey and they yeah. say where are you from well i'm from well i'm from salem county but i live in cape yeah. bay county i think it's all cool i haven't lived in salem county since i was 18 right <laughs> right yeah. Okay. So it's been 12 years since I was, you know. Well, the next broadcast, I'll switch it up and say, <laughs> pots and pans, not from Japan, but from Cape May County. There you go. I like that better. All right. <laughs> so today, TJ, we're talking about, yep, you guessed it, prayer. <laughs> oh, man. I, ooh. Something that uh, is extremely powerful and we enjoy talking about because why? We, we try to live our lives uh, to enjoy God as a father, which... To most people that grew up in the church, it's a foreign concept. Some people, you know, not everybody, but the word enjoy, you know, is like, really, you can enjoy God as a father. And we do that through prayer, which we talked about in last week's broadcast. And, uh, you know, the devil doesn't want us to enjoy God, you know, for anything. He doesn't want us praying about anything. And uh, he'd rather not have us even acknowledge who God is. But... I want to talk about how we can have some really powerful, some power in prayer, you know, and basically it's by changing the why. Why do you do what you do? Meaning if you're driving down the road and you're obeying the speed limit, which is awesome, I pray that everybody does, right? Right. Yeah, sometimes we don't. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason you could be obeying the speed limit could be you don't want to get in an accident. You want to save gas. Uh, Mine is because I don't want to get pulled over and get a ticket and then there have you to go. tell my wife. But guess what? They're all great motivations, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Because if you're if they're working and they're causing you to obey the speed limit. Then you're obeying the speed limit. Then you're obeying the speed limit and you are saving gas and you are got statistically going to be more safer. Right. And all these other factors. But it's the motivation of why you do what you do. So when it comes to living for the Lord as a father, you know, enjoying God as a father and living for him. The motivation means everything to God. 
Meaning, if I walk into my house today and my little Lauren, who's 11 years old, is baking a cake, right? TJ, she put all her heart and soul into baking a cake, right, for me. And I walk in the door and I'm like, hey, honey, why are you baking me a cake today? It's not my birthday, right? And she says to me, well, Dad, I'm baking you a cake because, you know what? I, I realize that you're a good dad and you're always taking care of me. And I love you. That's why I'm baking you a cake today. Wow. Well, I'd probably hit the floor. You know what I mean? But after getting up from the floor, if she pulled the cake out of the oven, and let's say the cake was a flop, a total flop, right? Terrible. And it even tastes terrible. But I'm not going to tell her that, right? The thing about it is why did Lauren bake that cake? What was her motivation? So what I want to convey to folks today is why do you do the things that you do? If you do one tweak, tweak your motivation. You know, let's say you start obeying the speed limit. For a new reason, because you baked a cake and God asked you why you baked that cake. And you said, you know why I baked this cake, Lord? And otherwise, other words, you know, why I'm obeying the speed limit right now, Lord, because you're such a good father. You're so good to me. I don't always obey the speed limit. But when I think about it, Lord, the motivation I'm doing is not because I'm worried about a ticket, not because I'm worried about burning more fuel, not because I'm worried about getting an accident, because I love you. And there was a man in the Bible, his name was David. A lot of people have a lot to say about David. But David sinned, some major sins. But he committed adultery, he committed murder. But the Bible says in Acts 13.22 that he was a man. After God's own heart. After God's own heart. Yeah. Comma, because he will do all I ask him to do. Yeah, wow. David made some mistakes. David was imperfect. But if God pulled David aside and said, see that house over there, David? I want you to replace all the windows in it. Would you do that for me, David? David was the type of man who would look at those windows, probably look at God, say, you want me to do it for you, Lord? David, I, I would like you to change these windows out for me. Not for anybody else, but for me. Because you're asking me, Lord, I'm going to do it. That was the kind of man David was. But David lived an imperfect life. But David still enjoyed God as a father. You know why? David had a black belt in confession. He knew, the Bible says, a contrite heart, meaning a heart that says, why did I just do what I'm doing? You know, you were talking about before the broadcast, two different hearts. You know, it's all about the heart. And, you know, you could be a heart that's like, I'm doing what I want to do because, you know, I want to do it. Or I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm making a mistake and, Later you say, geez, I wish I wouldn't have did that. That was the stupidest thing I ever did. And then you go back to God and you ask God to forgive you. God is a forgiving God. He's mm -hmm. a merciful God. He's going to forgive you. And you're still going to enjoy God as a father. But what I want to get to is the verse in the Bible, James 5.16. It says the prayer of a righteous person basically is powerful and effective, meaning it avails much. It accomplishes much. The prayer of a righteous person can do amazing things, not because they're perfect, like David, or me, or you. We know we're not perfect. Me and you make mistakes. But because they strive to do this thing called pleasing God, right? They're not perfect. When they make mistakes, they say, why did I do that? They dust themselves off. They confess it as sin, and they move on, and they forget it, and try and strive to please the Lord in every area of their lives. The Bible says... When you have a life like that, when they pray, guess what? 
It gets God's attention. It's in between the pages of the Bible. James 5.16 says the prayer, doesn't say the prayer of every person. It says the prayer of a righteous person who's saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, knows God as a father, imperfect, yes, but striving to live for the Lord, yes. That prayer is going to make a difference on the earth. And that's what I want to share with people today, how they can have an enhanced prayer life, a powerful prayer life, just by changing your motivation, why you do what you do. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think for that verse, I know the way that I used to look at it was when I would see that word righteous, I would think, ah, oh, that's not me. Like, and I would try to get, or I would wait until I felt like I was righteous enough mm, before I could bring something, so good. you know, yeah. bring something to God. Um, or I would just say, oh, I can't bring this to God because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, right. not, I, you know, I'm unclean. I'm not right. Um, and I think that it's so important how you explain that. It was so good because it's like, it's about your heart, you know, like we're all going to sin and like, we're not, we should strive to sin less and less. Right. But we're still all going to sin. Right. You know, like you, you told me earlier, we're still wrapped in this flesh for now. That's right. And sin still exists here. So it's going to happen, but where's your heart? Where's your heart in the matter? Are you where's aiming to please God? Are you aiming to bring God glory and you're just, you know, screwing up? Right. Or do you just not care and you're just screwing up because don't matter? Right. Yeah, so, you could care less. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're the type of person that says, asks yourself, am I unclean right now or am I not clean enough that I, I have to wait until I can bring this to God, then I think you're the type of person that's heart is okay. And I would say to you, if you're that type of person, pray about it, man. Keep praying about it. Like God, God knows your heart, you know, he knows that. He knows why you do what you do. He knows why you do what you do. And he knows that you are, you know, you're, you're the David type where if he asks you to move, you're going to move. Right. So. I mean, TJ, if God came to you right now and appeared to you before this room, this room filled with a bright light from the sun, you know, because the Bible says that God is brighter, right, than the sun. Yeah. And he said, TJ, I want you to do whatever he asked you. I mean, first of all, I'd be scared out of my wits. Yeah, so would I. I'd be on my <laughs> face, right, trembling, just yeah. like the Bible teaches us that many of men who have, you know, come in the presence of the Lord and, and you know, angels or whatever, tremble. You know, and we would be the same way. But if God asked you to do something right now and you knew that you knew that you knew that you knew that it was God. Yeah. And let's say he asked you something simple. TJ, would you stop by a widow's house on the way home from work today and drop off some fruit? But TJ, you knew that it was the Lord. You know, would you do it? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because you knew that it was God. And what happens is in our lives, there's a, there's a, few, a lot of things that God asks us to do. Right? Sometimes we do them. Sometimes we don't. All I'm saying is if we can start to do things, everything that we do, with one motivation, because we want to please God. Right? The reason I'm cleaning this window right now is because, one, yeah, my boss asked me to clean it. Or, two, I'm a clean freak. Yeah. Or, three, I can't see out of it. (laughs) Whatever it is, right? It could be all those and all the above. But look, if I look at that window, TJ, and I say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. You know, somehow, some way, I pray that you get glory to you, or it gets, it gives you glory, and it gives you honor, meaning it gives you credit. You get the credit for this window being clean. Uh, and that's my motivation. And God, man, he's like, wow, look at this kid. Everything he does, 
He does because of me and my relationship with him. That's powerful. There's no more powerful way to go through life than trying to please God. You're not always going to hit the mark. You are going to sin. You're going to, you're going to have moments where you're going to wonder yourself why you said what you just said, why you thought what you just thought, and why you did what you just did. But I can guarantee you this. If you get on your knees and you say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. You know that when you do that, TJ, and I know that I've done that, and I know that you've done that, God says, I forgive you. And if you get up and you walk through a door and you sin again, and then you drop to your knees again and you say, Lord, forgive me. What is God going to do? And I keep forgiving you. What yeah. did Jesus say about when somebody comes to you and asks for forgiveness? How many times we need to forgive them? 70 times seven. Right. There's no limit, right? There's no limit. And God's saying we should do that. We're human. We're flesh and blood. We're imperfect. God said, I'm God. And my mercy is new every morning, right? My love is unconditional. And you know when we realize that, TJ? I know when I realize it. I know when Chris Simon realized that God's love is unconditional. You want me to tell you the truth? When I sin and I ask God to forgive me and I know that he's forgiven me, and then I pray about something and I see an amazing answer to prayer mm. that was preceded by something that was stupid and I ask God to forgive me, and then I see an answer to prayer, I know that God, when God says his love for Chris Simewechter is unconditional, his love for T.J. Laurie is unconditional, his love for the people that listen to this broadcast right now is unconditional, not based on any condition. I know that God is a merciful God. Yeah, anybody who would put his son on a cross and crucify him is a merciful God. For me, a sinful man, redeem me, Wash me clean through the blood of his own son? That's a merciful God that I can say, you know what, Lord? I'm not perfect, but I can sure work a little harder on living my life for you. And that equates, you know, two plus two equals four. Well, a person who's not perfect, TJ, but a person who's, a perfect, a person who's striving to please the Lord equals a prayer life that's different. And set it, apart. It equals a righteous person. Amen. Righteous doesn't mean perfect. Yeah, and that's the, that's the biggest thing to that's understand. That's the myth, right? Yeah, it's it's such a myth. I think there's a show MythBusters. Yeah, there. Well, we just busted show. that myth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. So you or whoever is listening to us right now, we don't know. We'd love to hear from you though. But if you're listening right now, and you're thinking, I can never have a powerful prayer life because I've done this, I've done that. Matter of fact, Chris, two minutes ago I did this. Hmm. Well, guess what? The blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ is more powerful than anything that you can do. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, and you confess your sins to God, the Bible says that not only are you forgiven, but this is amazing. You ready for this? That God remembers your sin. No more. <laughs> Who are you going to meet like that? Probably no one. <laughs> no one. The best of the best yeah. that ever walked this earth besides Jesus Christ can probably still remember people's faults. Yeah. Right? But God says, listen, I put my son on the cross. I've adopted you. I've given you access to me, to my heart, anytime you want. And when you confess your sin to me, 
I don't remember it anymore. That's a promise that God keeps. How do I know that? I know that from experience. I don't know that from reading a text. I know that because I've confessed sin to God, and he's never brought it back up in my face again. Look, let's say you you go home to your house, right? You walk through the door, and there's a beautiful little three-year-old girl who is T.J. Lori's daughter. She's three years old. She's got a tricycle because she can't ride a two-wheeler yet, okay? You bought a minivan because now you have a daughter. So your wife's driving around. Let me stop you there. I will never buy a That'll minivan. That'll never happen? Okay. <laughs> what car would you choose if you could? Uh, now, pr- remember, now you have a baby. Uh, probably something of the Jeep persuasion. Okay, so you got a nice Jeep. <laughs> you got a beautiful little three-year-old. There you go. Right? That's waiting for you to come home. I yeah. remember when my kids were three. Oh. They run full speed, right? When daddy comes yep. through the door. I remember those days. So when you walk through the door, here come, here she comes, sprinting, right? Daddy, daddy, daddy. But during the day when you were at work, she drove her tricycle right into the Jeep. And she put a nice dent in the side of the door. Or a big scratch, which my children have done, by the way, with their bikes. When they're just starting a little ride, yeah. they rode by our cars and scratched them mm. um, in our driveway. But what if she says, daddy? I've been waiting for you all day so we can go play in the yard in a sandbox or whatever. But I'm scared to talk to you because and she's hiding behind the couch. And you're like, oh, honey, you don't have to hide behind the couch. And you can see her even though she thinks she's hiding. But she says, Dad, I drove my little, I drove the bike into your Jeep. I know you love the Jeep. Would you please forgive me? You know, and I know right now I don't have to answer that for you. I already know what you're going to say and what you're going to do. You're going to pick her up. You're going to hug her. You're going to kiss her. And you're going to say, don't worry about the Jeep. We'll get that fixed. Listen, it's the same thing with God. He longs for us to run to him. He longs for us to enjoy him as a father, not a God. Mm. It's a father. And when we run to him, TJ, instead of hiding from him, sin causes us to hide from God. There is a there is these two people that are called Adam and Eve. That's right. And when they sinned, the first sin ever happened on the earth, guess what they did? They hid from God. They, they heard hid. him walking in the garden, and they hid from him. They hid from him. We do the same thing. Yeah. You know, and then we say, we can't pray about that. Yep. You can. You just say, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. God says, okay, you're forgiven. Like it never, you know, there's a company out there called SurfPro. Their tagline is, like it never happened. Right? Listen, man, you want to enjoy God as a father? Walk in his grace. Walk in his forgiveness. You want to have a powerful prayer life? Strive. You're not going to be perfect, but just make an effort. You know, the cake that Lauren would bake in the oven, maybe it would be a flop, but it was her effort. It was her motivation. Why did she bake that cake? Because she loved me. I don't care if that cake was full of stones, right? But because she loved me is the greatest motivation on the planet because she loved me. So with that, I'd just like to say, if there's anybody out there struggling right now, you don't think God's going to forgive you because you did something that you think is out of line or over the line. You're wrong. God wants to forgive you each and every time that you run to him. And if you don't know God as a father, man, I just want to say, not in a condemning way, but you're, you are missing one of the best joys of earth on this earth, walking with God as a father. If you would just say right now, Lord, I want to experience you like TJ experiences you. I want to experience you the way Chris does as a dad. Would you please come into my heart right now? Would you please forgive me of my sin? 
I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, my Savior, today, right now. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, that's the prayer that you need to pray. Rewind it, listen to it again. And if you need help, TJ and myself are willing to help you. We're willing to give you a free Bible. We're willing to give you free resources, free books. Just reach out to us at GodTaughtMe.com. We want to help you walk in freedom, walk in power. So what do you think, TJ? I think it's so good, man, and I think we have some uh, some show notes we need to discuss before we get off the air today because next week on Thursday, Thursday, November November. What am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds Thir- good to me. Well, I'm just skipping summer here. Um, Thursday, May 24th, we are going to be live on the radio. Not that we're not live on the radio every Thursday, but um, we're actually going to be taking calls and we'll be on Facebook Live as well. We're going to be starting a new series about yeah. what heaven's like. What heaven is like. Yeah, which I'm we're excited, super excited man. for. Yeah. So we're, that's going to be the way we're going to kick that off. Um, we're going to go live on the radio and, and take some calls. Um, we'll give you a, get you the number to call in, um, post that online somewhere, probably on our Facebook page and website. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think heaven's going to be like and just take your calls and just sit back and have conversation about yeah, I love it, what man. it'll be Please like. Please call in. We'll yeah. be live, like, like live. Live, live. Yeah, so when you call, you'll be talking right on the radio. We'd yeah. love to have it. Awesome. So yeah, that's that's about it, and um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, see Live you next on the week. Radio. God bless you guys.